Hey everybody and welcome to the May 29th, 2023 edition of the Rugby Report. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and I am back on the air this week. The Rugby Report has been on hiatus for a couple of weeks while one of our children got married and then a brief vacation with family, but we are back now and we have a lot of rugby to catch up on. In this episode, we will start with the URC Grand Final, which took place this weekend in Cape Town. That's right, and we'll talk about how that happened. We'll also catch up on both the MLR and Super Rugby Pacific as both of those leagues head towards their postseasons. But we will begin in Cape Town. Wait, what? Cape Town? Well, that's right. The URC Grand Final ended up in South Africa this year after the top-ranked and seemingly unbeatable Leinster team, well, got beaten in the semifinal round. It was a shocking upset that no one outside of Munster predicted, and if we're being fair, not that many people inside Munster predicted it either. But that's why they play the game, and the result meant a grand final between the defending champion DHL Stormers and the only URC team that they have never beaten. Would Lightning finally strike for the Stormers, or would the Munster men reduce them to a drizzle? Well, as the game began, things looked good for the home team. The Stormers picked off a pass in the opening minutes and returned it for a try, taking an early 7-0 lead. But the men from Munster were unfazed and went on to absolutely dominate the first half in pretty much every statistical way. Except one, the score, which is why they went into the sheds at halftime leading just 12-7. In the second half, the Stormers' struggles continued, but 10 minutes in, they finally got their only offensive try of the game and found themselves with a narrow 14-12 lead. But Munster, despite sometimes seeming to be opposed by 16 men, simply wouldn't be denied. Seriously, ref, there was not one, not two, but three Munster tries which were disallowed in this game. Now, to be clear, both teams played some truly inspired defense in this game. But when they needed it most, with just five minutes to play, Munster drove the ball down the field in a true team effort and made it over the line for their third try. The Stormers had a last-minute chance to win the game, but as they have done throughout the postseason, Munster's defense would not yield. And that was how the 5th-ranked Munster team beat the 4th, 1st, and 3rd-seeded teams in the postseason to win the URC championship. Congratulations, Munster. You are the 2023 URC champions. Full-time score, Stormers 14, Munster 19. Let's hop over to the USA now and check in on round 15 in the MLR, the weekend began in New England, where the Eastern Conference-leading Free Jacks hosted the struggling Toronto Arrows. And while the result was predictable, it was not pretty. The full-time score, New England 57, Toronto 20. Next up, the DC Old Glory hosted the Seattle Seawolves, but it was not a great day for the Grand Old Flag, as the Seawolves doubled off and devoured DC. Full-time score, DC 19, Seattle 41. The third game of the weekend featured cats and dogs in Houston as the Sabercats welcomed the Chicago Hounds to town. The Hounds have struggled in this, their inaugural season, but they had more game here than many expected. Still, in the end, it was the Sabercats who prevailed. The full-time score was Houston 40, Chicago 33. Finally, the Warriors hosted Atlanta in what was basically a must-win game for both teams struggling to make it into the postseason. The problem for Atlanta was that they were on the road, and frankly right now, Utah is simply a better team. 
Full-time score, Warriors 28, Atlanta 12. Now, as there normally is, there is one more game in the MLR this weekend. But it is literally in progress as we record this show. So once again, since our graphics are added in later, our viewers will now see the results where I can only tell you that the league-leading Legion from San Diego hosted the defending champion New York Ironworkers. And either the Legion have continued to secure the top of the table, or the defending champion Ironworkers have pulled off an impressive upset and upended pretty much everything in the standings in both conferences. Now with just three weeks to play in the regular season, we'll have a look at the MLR standings. San Diego has not yet guaranteed itself home field advantage throughout the playoffs, but they do control their own destiny. While Seattle is now safely in second, and Utah and Houston battle it out for third. In the Eastern Conference, New England is similarly running away with the top spot, while D.C. and New York are locked in a tight battle for second and third. And now last, but certainly not least, we are going to finish our weekend coverage with Super Rugby, where Round 14 began with my favorite team, the Highlanders, in my favorite stadium, Forsyth Bar in Dunedin, playing a jaw-dropping, heart-stopping, mind-boggling thriller of a game. These same two teams, the Highlanders and the Reds, met in this same stadium just over four years ago. And I was at that game, and it too was a thriller that came down to the very last minute. But this one, this one was even more special. Because this game was the last home game ever for one of the world's greatest players. Aaron Smith is still arguably the best scrum half in the world and he started his 184th game for the Highlanders on Friday night. And right away, he was determined to go out with the same relentless speed, focus, and determination that has made him one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Of course, the recently resurgent Reds did not come to town with the intention of simply being the other team that played that night and started the game by opening up a 14-0 lead. Not so fast, said the Highlanders, who then tied the game at 14, but then gave up a try at the stroke of halftime to go in down 21-14. The Reds padded their lead in the second half, going up 27-14, but back came the Highlanders again. And with just 10 minutes to play, they took their first lead, 28-27. But the Reds would not go away. Just minutes later, a kick from rookie phenom Tom Linaw took the lead back for the Reds and gave them a narrow 30-28 advantage. And then, in the final minute of the game, in a moment of pure rugby perfection, Falao Fakatava, the heir apparent, the future of the franchise, the player who Smith himself convinced to stay with the team and succeed him, Fakatava throws a dummy, bursts through a hole, and scores the game-winning try. It was a perfect finish for this game and for Aaron Smith, who was leaping up and down on the sidelines and screaming at the top of his lungs as his apprentice won the final home game of Smith's long and storied career. Folks, seldom gets better than that. Full-time score, Highlanders 35, Reds 30. Now, you might think that one heart-stopping, jaw-dropping, mind-bogglingly, ridiculously exciting game would be enough for one weekend. And you'd be wrong. But we'll get to that in a moment. First, we need to move over to Melbourne, 
where the seagulls were swarming and the rebels were running as they hosted the Western force. The force scored first to take an early 7-0 lead, but then didn't score again until midway through the second half, and in the meantime, the rebels rang them up for 31 unanswered points. Then, after a second force try off an interception, the rebels just shrugged it off again and scored 21 more just for fun. The full-time score was the second biggest blowout in Rebels history. Rebels 52, Force 14. Now, about that second insanely exciting game this weekend. The Fijian Drua, no strangers to upsets, excitement, and action this season, hosted Moana Pacifica. It was the clash of the league newbies, and if you like high-scoring games with a lot of action, well then you have come to the right place. The entire match was basically a track meet. Pacifica started the scoring 7-0. Then the Drua answered with a trio of tries, and suddenly it was 21-7. Oh, and wait! We're only 15 minutes into the game! Moana then scored twice to make it 21-19, and then the teams traded unconverted tries so that they went into the sheds with Fiji leading 26-24 at the break. In the second half, the Drua exploded out to a 47-24 advantage, and it seemed like Pacifica was going down in flames again. But they chipped away, and chipped away, and chipped away. And suddenly, with barely a minute to play, they scored what looked to be the go-ahead score. But former Brumbies legend and current Moana fly half Christian Leliafano just missed the conversion kick and the hard-luck Pacifica were snake-bit yet again. Full-time score, Drew a 47, Pacifica 46. Next up, we travel to Christchurch, where the now second-ranked Crusaders were hosting the suddenly red-hot Waratahs. The boys from Sydney came into this game on a four-game winning streak, their longest in years. But none of those wins came against a team like the Crusaders. And on the road against a really good team. Well, the Taz just didn't have enough. And the Crusaders crushed them. Full-time score, Crusaders 42, Waratahs 18. We travel to Eden Park in Auckland for the next episode of Hold On To Your Butts Action as the Blues hosted the Hurricanes in what was easily the rematch game of the year so far. The first game between these two teams was a barn burner that came down to the last second. And the first thing I'll note about this game is that the only reason that the barn wasn't still burning again was because it was a ridiculously wet night in Auckland. But it was, all the same, another insane matchup between two really good and evenly matched teams. Both teams played well in this game. But it was the Blues who took an early lead on the strength of two Mark Talia tries and then held on for the remainder of the first half, taking a 19-10 advantage into the sheds. In the second half, the Canes were game and closed within four. But then Talia completed his hat trick with a try where he beat five Hurricane defenders. But if you turned off the TV at that point, you missed quite a bit. Because up-and-coming superstar Kenny Naholo responded with a neat try of his own to make it a four-point game again. But then Rico Iwani, who has to be one of the most frustrated players in the league this year, got loose. And for the third time in the half, he made it an 11-point game. But then Kenny Naholo scored again. 
and the Canes were close again. But wait! Mark Talia then scored his fourth try. And that is finally the way it ended. Full-time score, Blues 36, Hurricanes 25, and Dwayne needs oxygen. And finally this weekend, the top-ranked Chiefs traveled to the frozen tundra of Canberra to take on the Brumbies, who were undefeated at home this year and were certainly anxious to forget last week's debacle against the Force. As I just noted, it was a cold night in the Aussie capital. In fact, it was the first Super Rugby game that I can remember ever seeing in below-freezing conditions. The Chiefs came into the game with some unhappy memories of GIO Stadium, In fact, the last time I saw these two teams play in Canberra, I was there. And while it was great fun for me to see the game, it wasn't fun at all for the Chiefs, who were the recipients of a good old-fashioned butt-kicking. Of course, the 2023 Chiefs are a radically better team, and it showed. The teams began by trading tries, but then the Chiefs scored 10 more and took a 17-7 lead into the break. It was a hard-hitting game that saw a number of big-name players go down, including, early on, Chief Star Scrum Half Brad Weber, and we certainly hope that Brad is okay. But here's the thing about losing Weber now. When you have Cortez Rachima as your backup, well, that just changes the whole pace of the Chiefs' game. And the Brumbies just weren't able to adapt. The next thing you know, it was 31-7 Chiefs. The Brumbies did finally score again in what we in the USA call garbage time to make the final look closer than it was. But the full-time score was Brumbies 21, Chiefs 31. Checking in on my Super Rugby predictions for the first time in three weeks now, after 11 rounds, I was 47-13 and 13 overall. In round 12, I was 4-2, and two, including the Chiefs' loss to the Reds, although I'm pretty sure that everyone got that one wrong. By the way, hats off to the Reds for coming up with a great game plan for the contest in Taranaki, although I still maintain that if that game had been played in Hamilton, the Chiefs would have won. In round 13, I was 5-1. My only miss was the inexplicable and bizarre decision by the Canberra Brumbies to disrespect the force by resting an unusually large number of key players for the game. The force responded by trampling the Brumbies and dropping them to third in the table. And finally, this week I was... 6-0! Yay! My fourth perfect week of the season, and my first in almost two months. Brings me to 62-16 and overall. Let's have a quick look at the Super Rugby table now. The Chiefs are still in the driver's seat at the top of the table, with the Crusaders now pulling away in second. Only one point separates the Blues and Brumbies in third and fourth, while the Hurricanes are now back a bit in fifth. The Waratahs are reasonably safe in sixth, But after that, the table gets really interesting as just three points separate the next five teams who are competing for two playoff spots. Right now, the Reds are in seventh, and the Highlanders, on the strength of their gutsy win over the Reds this weekend, are in the last postseason slot. But with just one week to play, and the races are this close, well, pretty much anything can still happen before the end of the season. Round 15 in Super Rugby will begin in Auckland, where the Blues will take on my Highlanders. The Blues have struggled to be consistent, and the Highlanders are scrappy. But the Blues are coming down the stretch now, and seem to be putting it together. My Highlanders are good, but on the road, in Eden Park? I'd love to be wrong, boys. But until then, Blues win.
Next up, the Brumbies host the Rebels in Canberra. The Rebels are coming off a big win, where the Brumbies are trying to shake off two losses in a row. And in this case, they will. The Rebels are, say it with me everyone, better than their record. But the Brumbies will win this game. Brumbies win. Game 3 of the weekend is by far the hardest one to call, as the Fijian Drua host the Queensland Reds. The Reds are finishing strong with rookie sensation Tom Linaw and scrum half Tate McDermott starting to gel. But the Drua have played some absolutely insane rugby at home this season, and they will be at home. Watch this one closely, folks. It could be a great game. And it's basically a toss-up for me. But since I have to pick, I'm going with the Drua at home. Drua win. Game 4 is also hard to call as the Hurricanes return home to face the Crusaders. The Hurricanes really do feel like they are just one or two clicks away from being a championship caliber team, and the Crusaders have definitely struggled this year. But it feels like the Crusaders are starting to really put it together right now, where the Hurricanes are still mixing the ingredients of their future magic potion. Honestly, again, this is anyone's game. And the stats say that the Crusaders should win. But as you've seen, while I normally go with what the numbers say, I'm also not afraid to go out on a limb. And that's what I'm going to do here. I don't know how they're going to do it, but somehow, some way, the Hurricanes will pull this one out at home. Canes win. We'll go Trans-Tasman for the next game, where the Waratahs will host Moana Pacifica. Moana has played in several of the most exciting and close games of the year, but has still not managed to win, where the Waratahs have won four of their last five and have been eating the lower-tier teams in particular for breakfast. And Moana, well, they're at the bottom of the table. I like Moana, and they are due for an upset. But I just don't think they're going to get it in Sydney. Waratahs win. Finally, round 15 ends way out in Perth, where the Western Force will host the top-of-the-table Chiefs. The Force have actually pulled off a couple of upsets at home this year, including a shocker against the Brumbies two weeks ago. But unless the Chiefs make the same mistake that the Brumbies did and rest a whole grunch of starters, and I don't think they're going to do that, they will overpower the Force, and they will win this game. Chiefs win. Finally, I need to note that there was a major move in Super Rugby while I was away, as Nick White announced that he will be leaving the Brumbies and has signed with the Force next season. And I'll have more to say about exactly why the Brumbies let Nick White go, just as soon as I can figure out why the hell the Brumbies would let Nick White go. Also, in a related story, there is as yet no confirmation regarding whether or not Nick White's mustache is also headed to Perth, but we understand that separate negotiations are ongoing. And, somewhat unbelievably, that's it, folks. We have once again taken you around the planet and given you the Rugby Report. Thanks again for listening and or watching. Until next time, I'll be continuing my effort to put together the world's first professional hide-and-seek team. It's extremely challenging work, because the best players, they're really hard to find. See you next time. Bloopers.
We were going to be up for it, but we forgot how to start the tape. So once again, since our graphics are added in layer, they're later, later. Oh, man, I was so close. And right away, he was determined to go out with the same relentless speed, focus, and determination that... Determination? Oh. Capital. In fact, it was the first Aussie game... It was the first Aussie game? It was the first... It wasn't the first Aussie game. The Aussies have been playing the game forever. Well, not forever. Unlike this broadcast. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Down. Including Chief Scrum Half... Oh, shit. I did it again. Maybe a hand up. Hands up. Hands up. We're not singing. <laughs> Although hats off to the Reds for coming up with a great game plan for the contest in Taranaki. And I'm going to do that again. In round 12, I was 4-2, and two, including the Chiefs loss to... Including? 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 That's an L. Including. Sorry, folks. They're brand new lips. I was on the road. I got some new lips. One more time. Round 15 will... As Nick White announced that he will be leaving the Brumbies and has signed with the Force next season, and I'm running out of oxygen. Ugh. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was juvenile.